Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. All right, it is Wednesday, May 4. May the 4th be with you, Kevin. Oh, yes. Well done. Got to weave that in. Are you a Star Wars guy? We enjoy Star Wars at our house. You know, with four boys, we're not Trekkies at all. I've not, never been okay. to Star Trek, but Star Wars for sure. Yeah. Yes. Star Trek and Star Wars both captivated me as a young lad. And uh, I have been fans ever since. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, when um, the, the new season of the... Uh, well, when Mandalorian and then the book of Boba Fett came out, like I went and got all my Star Wars figures out and uh, <laughs> set them up. All the ones that were showing up in the book of Boba Fett, I got them out. My Rancor, like yeah. I had great fun. But may the fourth be with you, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Victory Point uh, podcast. Uh, today we're going to be diving into Revelation chapter 7. So if you have a Bible, find that last book in the Bible. And as you're finding that, uh, let's get to know Kevin a little bit more. Um, Kevin Crawford is going to be joining our staff team uh, in May, um, May 9. So Kevin, can you just give us a, a, the listeners and the VPers, especially a quick snapshot of just your ministry journey? You know, um, you mentioned yeah. in a previous episode, like didn't come to faith till more like into high school with yeah. young life. And uh, what's been your ministry journey like since then? Yeah, came to Christ a young life in high school. Um, and then went to college and started Young Life at a brand new high school and felt called to vocational ministry. Went to seminary and felt like I didn't fit in seminary because it's really teaching people just to teach the Bible, which I love, and to care for people, which I love. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was something in me, uh, and some of you guys at uh, Victory Point know this apostolic gift, yeah. which has to do with somewhat degree with church planting. So we actually, we planted a church in Bowling Green, Ohio in 2001 and shepherded there, pastored there for 17 years. Wow, so, 17 so, years. Yeah, 17 years in Bowling Green, Ohio. Uh, we never owned a church building, and so we rented a facility, and we saw disciples make disciples, and part of our heartbeat was to continue to send people. We had a lot of college students, so we never lost people. We launched people, and we were always sending people. So all around the world today are people from that church, and it wasn't about the numerics on a Sunday, but how many could we send? And so, I love yeah. that language, very intentional. Yeah, so language creates culture, Yeah, and that's just part of my heartbeat is seeing disciples make disciple makers. And so God's just brought us here in this season in Holland, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And so we're excited to join the staff and be part of multiplication of disciples and the mm -hmm. everyday stuff of life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's just my heartbeat and a little bit of our ministry journey. Yeah. I remember the first time I met Kevin, um, you know, I'd heard about these, uh, th these new people moving into the house behind us. Um, heard that, uh, this guy was a ministry guy, like worked in the church and, um, and I think you had heard through others in the neighborhood that, that I was a pastor. Yeah. Um, so, so I stalked I, you. I stalked yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I saw you guys, uh, maybe it was Dulcie and some of the boys out back one summer night. And I went out on my deck and just hollered across the lawn and said, welcome. And then you came out and I came down the steps and we were talking in my backyard. And uh, you had shared that you'd been looking at the Victory Point website because you had heard I was a pastor and wanted to just get a sense of, of who we were. And um like were, you were familiar and resonating with like missional communities yes. and things like that. And one of the first questions you asked me was, have I ever heard of a man named Alex Absalom? <laughs> and, and I just like almost laughed out loud because that day, literally, I had been on a Zoom call that afternoon, you know, with Alex. And we as a church had 
been building a relationship with Alex and Hannah uh, since the beginning of, of 2021. And yeah. um, he'd been kind of filling in and, and kind of walking with us and in, in our missional community leaders. And so I just thought like, man, that when I heard that, that you and Alex were friends and um, I just, I had a sense that this is a guy like I really um, want to pay attention to and especially get to know. And uh, even though I knew at that time, like um, we would be looking for someone to join our team, um, just wanted to allow the Lord to unfold it naturally yes. in, in his time. And, uh, you know, if you fast forward as we build relationship and friendship um, to uh, just a few months ago, uh, began having serious conversations. And yeah. um, you asked me to tell you a little bit more about us and our position and uh, you, you entered into a, an official process with us and got to have conversations with some of our elders and with some of our team. And um, it just became like, I think from both directions, God just, uh, be, he just gave us peace. Like um, this is, this is a connection that's of God. Amen. And um, yeah, and so I, the informal conversations we had to the formal yeah. conversations. Yeah. It's just been, you know, trusting God in it and seeing God just, uh, pave the way and say, Hey, mm -hmm. this is the the thing for the next season. I keep mm -hmm. on using the word seasons this week, but mm -hmm. Hey, um, and just yeah. excited for that, you know? And I think you and I have a passion together to see the church be what God intended it to be. You know, our hearts are woven together for that passion. I think you and I complement each other very well, mm -hmm. uh, for to say, Hey, we're just two ordinary guys trying to be with Jesus to point other people to Jesus. Yeah. I'm looking forward to having, uh, an apostle, type person, you know, who with that lens and, and that love and that passion, um, you know, kind of be a voice around our table, you know, yeah. as, as we move into this new season of, of, of really going after, you know, equipping everyday people to live as everyday missionaries in their everyday lives. And um, like you talked about at your church in Ohio, like just that, that sending impulse, like sending people back into the neighborhood, the workplace, the, the schools and, um, to, to be on mission, to join God in making disciples. And uh, I think you're going to bring uh, an immediate impact, you know, to, to that vision and, and be a help to us. So yeah. Kevin's going to join our team uh, part-time, like in a 20-hour role, half-time, uh, as our equipping and multiplying pastor. Um, so what do you do in the other 20 hours? Like you, you have an initiative kind of that, that you're helping launch. Um, you have a vision for that. Can you just give us a, a quick snapshot of, of what that all is? Yeah, so I'll be part-time here um, serving with uh, Victory Point, but also I've been raising support as a missionary to start what's called the Refinery in downtown Grand Rapids, which will be training young people to go on the mission field and disciple-making and church planting around the world. Hmm. So they'll come to move to Grand Rapids for a two-year cohort program uh, to be trained in disciple-making and church planting, be serving in an urban church in Grand Rapids, living in the urban setting, and then be sent to major metropolitan areas all around the world. Uh, so uh, I've been working with Evangelical Free Church of America, and then this is part of their global missions aspect. Mm -hmm. So if you want to learn more about it, love to chat with you about it. Um, you can be praying for it as we uh, just train up the next generation of missionaries. Yeah. That really resonates with, um, you know, we, we did a spiritual assessment of our church last fall, and, and one of the top three areas we just feel called to lean into is um, that next generation, you know, just doing a more intentional, better job of equipping that next generation and including them, you know, in, in leadership and in ministry. So uh, 
any young people listening uh, that Kevin just described an opportunity. If if that resonates with you, I'm, I'm sure he'd love to share more with you yeah. on, on that. If you're feeling that stir, that call, you know, to, to maybe join God in, in planting churches and making disciples around the world. Um, I mean, that's going to be yeah. fun. This is going to be fun. Well, we could, again, we could just fill up all our time with that kind of stuff. But uh, let's dive into today's passage, the book of Revelation, Revelation 7, um, verses 9 through 17. Remember, this is uh, John the Apostle um, who's exiled on the island of Patmos, and uh, he receives a, a revelation, yeah. a vision. And part of it includes the throne room of heaven. Mm. So can you read us uh, just this portion of, of that revelation? Yeah. So Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. Uh, After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to God, who sits on a throne, to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne, around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in the white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, Mm -hmm. sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Mm. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Amen. Amen. What a scene. Um, What what a thing John got to witness in in Revelation, you know, in in all these pictures uh, that that he got to see. It's like a behind the scenes, like access to the throne room. Just blown away by this. I find it amusing. I mean, I, I just found myself amused and chuckled a little bit, like how one of the elders turned to John and said, like, hey, these people in white robes, like, who are they? Where'd they come from? Like, why is he asking John yeah. this question? And I, I appreciate John's answer, like, because I get the sense he doesn't really know. Like, well, you you know, yeah. you know, and just kind of lets him kind of lead into like the explanation of who they are. Like, oh, yeah, they're the ones who came out of the great tribulation, you know, and have been made white by, in the blood of the lamb. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what jumps out at you? That's one thing that jumps out to you. So what's another yeah. thing that jumps out to you? Yeah. Today? Well, like, you know, I got to admit, like Revelation, I, I love this book, but I'm also like sometimes hesitant because I'm okay. not sure how to absolutely explain everything, which I think is okay. So I don't think it's meant to be something that we can give an, like a complete human like answer for everything. Yeah. Um, this is God's above us. He's beyond us. Um, and he's given us these little glimpses of his goodness and, you know, little bite-sized chunks because it's it's too much for yeah. if we were to try to handle it all. But so I, I found myself though, just like 
okay, so who is this multitude that um, the elders are asking about? And then they give an answer to, you know, it's the ones who came out of the great tribulation. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know, like, I know different people have different opinions on what all and how all everything's going to unfold. I just know Jesus is coming back and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and we'll be with him. Um, And however that all unfolds in whatever timetable, uh, it's all good because it's of God, you know, but um, you know, I I found myself looking, turning back to Matthew 24 uh, when Jesus gives some description to his disciples, like, you know, I'm leaving, but then I'm coming back. But between that time, you know, be, be, between now and his return as king and judge, he said, he described that there's going to be times of famine. There's going to be times of religious deception. There's going to be times of international warfare. Um, There's going to be times of afflictions, death, you know, catastrophes, persecution. Um, Those all sound like things that are present right now in our world. And, um, and then he, he he promises in Matthew twenty four that the the one who endures, you know, who perseveres, um, will be saved. And and I think you know that's this picture, this glimpse that John is getting, and that these elders are getting of this multitude that um, that, that you can't even count. There's so many of them that uh, I'm I'm kind of believing those are the ones who endured, who endured those kinds of times, like the kind of times that we're in that that. That, that we're enduring right now um, will be part of this. Will be part of this multitude yeah. someday. And um, th- there's just a, a picture and a word in there of um, endurance. You know, um, like t- t- to persevere. Um, it, it, it in this world you will have trouble. Yes. But take heart. I've overcome the world. I'm I'm the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And uh, then as I kept going, um, it reminded me a little bit of what we read yesterday. Like, did yeah. you catch some of that? Oh, yeah. In there? Like, where, where, do, where do you see that? Yeah. You know, just the idea. Well, his provision or what will be, uh-huh. you know, like, so kind of piggyback on what you just said. Like, yeah, there is this tribulation. There is whatever we define that, you know, like yep. you said, theologians debate on that. Yeah. You know, agree to disagree. And it's a, but we will have tribulation. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he says, never again will you hunger, mm-hmm. which implies there is hunger. Yeah. Never again will you thirst, which implies there is thirst. Yeah. You know, never again will, you know, he'll wipe away tears. I mean, we do have these tears. So I think at the end of this section, in the midst of all this, you know, both the the worship of the throne room, but also Mm -hmm. like who is there, we have this great picture of hope. Yeah. Never again. Yeah. Will you hunger? Never again will you thirst. You know, uh, the sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat, which kind of reminds me back to, of the, the difficult valley or right. you know, Israel in the desert or the refining yep. time. That there's seasons like that. You, yeah. there, you will endure seasons like that. And then verse 17, but the lamb at the center will be their shepherd. shepherd. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> the lamb is also the, the shepherd, shepherd and he will lead them to springs of living water. That's Psalm 23 to me. Yep. You know, lead you beside still waters, um, wipe every tear away. Like there's just... The, the good shepherd um, never fails. Yeah. The, the good shepherd is, is is woven throughout this story from Genesis to Revelation, and he's good, yes. and he's trustworthy, and he prevails. And um, and trust him, follow yeah. him, you know, listen to him. Amen. It's just ah, and how can you not just get pumped up about the the throne room of heaven's scene? You know, every 
nation, tribe, people, language, um, in oneness, you know, standing before the throne, standing before the lamb, you know, all this great worship that, that's, that's going up. Yeah. Um, man, as we're recording, I, there's a turkey walking outside turkey, our window yeah. right now. <laughs> I don't know what that means as we read Revelation and we see a turkey walk by the window. But um, such, such a good passage, such yeah. a good passage. Like it, what, what bubbles up as we kind of send people today, you know, out of, out of this picture, you know, from Revelation 7, uh, is there a word or a promise or a truth that, that we might just kind of take with us into this day? Yeah, I think we've said a lot of things. And I would just kind of maybe bring us back to the very beginning. It says from every nation, tribe, people, and language, mm. you know, that God is calling all people to himself. It's for know? everyone. It's for everyone. No yeah. matter what's been done to them or doing to them, no matter what their ethnicity, no matter where they're from, from this is not a white Western religion. Right, this right. This is the God of the universe. And he's for all people. And he wants to be with all people through the valley, through the highs, through the lows, and has a great hope for all people yeah. of the world. Amen. So I think that's for us and for us to take to other people. Let's contribute to that hope today and yeah. uh, manifest it. So have a great day and uh, look forward to being with you guys tomorrow. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.